Hello, everyone, and welcome to Zoom O'Clock with your host, Tessie Anthony Danassa. I'm here today with the fabulous Dr. Daniel Monti. Hello, doctor. Hi, great to be here with you today. Thank you so much, doctor, for your time. I know that you're very busy and we have been rescheduling because of your schedule, my schedule, everyone's schedule, and we finally made it happen. So I'm so happy to be with you here today. And we have a topic today, which is a very timely topic. Some people say it's controversial. Others say it's the future. Some say it's just drugs. Others say it's the medical field of the future for depression, anxiety, and all kinds of other problems. So dear doctor, please tell us a little bit about how you got into psychedelics and um, what are your key findings and what do you think of the field in general, please? Doctor, over to you. Well, thanks so much. And uh, I'm the chair of the Department of Integrative Medicine and Nutritional Sciences at the Sydney Kimmel Medical College at Thomas Jefferson University in Philadelphia. It's a mouthful, I know. But the reason I went into all of that is because we are the first department of integrative medicine at a medical school in the United States. We believe the world. And what this does is allows integrative medicine to be a subspecialty field in medicine so that it's no longer separated from medicine. It's no longer an either or conventional medicine or integrative medicine. Integrative medicine at our institution is now part of conventional medicine. And so our goal is to add value to the rest of the medical treatment plan, to extend the medical treatment plan to include innovative therapies that aren't yet part of traditional or conventional medicine. And so when we think about everything that falls under that umbrella from um, sometimes psychedelics, as you mentioned, to other types of nutritional therapies, uh, we do IV micronutrients at our, our, our clinical offices connected to our department. Uh, we fall under the umbrella of the Marcus Institute of Integrative Health within our department. So we, we run the gamut of, the, of everything from mind-body to innovative uh, physical therapies. And um, what's very exciting about this is it really is the future. So I don't see it as an either-or model. I see it as medicine and integrative medicine growing together and sharing in the successes of one another because we need conventional medicine. It's important for particularly acute problems. So if somebody breaks a bone or has a raging strep throat, mm -hmm. those medical interventions are what people need in that moment. But then what do you do to optimize the healing process? That's where integrative medicine comes in. What do you do to increase resilience so that your likelihood of getting an infection is lower. That's where integrative medicine comes in. How do we optimize our wellness status? How do we age um, the best possible way that we can with the greatest health and wellness that we can? That's where integrative medicine comes in and adds value to what the rest of medicine has to offer. Very, very interesting. And I agree with you when people ask me because the field of integrative medicine is so, so new in Europe. And not a lot of people know what I'm doing and what I'm studying. And a lot of people think it's old, fluffy stuff. 
And I say, you know, it is such a big topic. As you say, you know, it's not just psychedelics. It's all of these other fields that are included within it. Also mindfulness and resilience building and, and uh, hypnotherapy and all of these amazing things. But uh, what, what I find is really, really interesting, as you said as well, something I always say is when you break a leg or the gut is hanging out of your stomach, do not come and see someone like me because I can't help you because that is more mechanical. And we need that field of study as well. And it has brought us a, a good deed of good. But I think now, specifically when we're talking about um, burnout, when we're talking about um, all kinds of other mind issues that are coming up more and more now also with the pandemic right anxieties and depression all of these things i think integrative medicine can really really make a difference so tell us a little bit about um your department itself how did it came to being because in europe we don't have any of that and i'm very sad about it and i think what you're doing is really incredible and i definitely you have my full support and i i am fully in if you if you know if you need me there um and open something here because I think it is so important. So tell me about it. How how was that received? And is it growing? Is there students there? What what are the students looking for when they join you? So I think that we have a new era of physicians, of students, of people who think about things differently than maybe people did a couple of decades ago or a few decades ago. And creating something like this certainly was a challenging road at times. Um, I've, so in, uh, 2005, when I was kind of, uh, a new faculty member, uh, we wanted to embark on this journey of creating a center for integrative medicine at, at Thomas Jefferson university. And so when I was asked to take the lead on that, my mentor in the uh, Dean's office said, don't do that. That's career suicide. So, because that's what it was thought about. This is just, you know, 15 years ago, right? But for me, it seemed like this tremendous opportunity. And I thought, you know, it might be um, an unpleasant job at first. And it was, um, there was a lot of resistance. And I think that one of the most important things that we did early on was a lot of bridge building. And also how we talked about integrative medicine. Just like you said, Tessie, we're not saying, oh, we replace everything with integrative medicine, but that we enhance the model that's there with integrative medicine where the model needs help. And everybody knows it needs help with things like chronic conditions, with wellness, with preventive medicine, with immune resilience, with mind-body. That's where the model needs help. And that's where we really shine in integrative medicine. So we took some of the uh, initial therapies that we really wanted to embrace, such as mindfulness-based stress reduction, and also targeted nutrients, and began to do clinical trials. And I would always invite my colleagues to participate across the institution in those clinical trials. I was very fortunate to be successful with getting some funding for the clinical trials through the National Institutes of Health and private organizations. And then something very fortunate happened, and that is um, in about 2010, um, a major philanthropic organization called the Marcus Foundation noticed some of the successes we were having and decided to invest in elevating us even more, which is why we have a Marcus Institute within our department. And 
This allowed us to extend our geographic footprint, open up a second center out in the suburbs, and begin to really create a model of integrative medical care. And in fact, um, we still continue to have that great uh, relationship with the Marcus Foundation. And so now our department has that three-legged stool of what any other academic department would have. We have clinical offices, academic offerings, and research. And the academic offerings are really taking off. So in terms of people wanting to learn more about in the integrative medicine model and the value of integrative care, we're seeing it. So one of the things that we started this year was the first ever true fellowship in integrative medicine, where people graduating from a residency and another specialty come and spend a year with us. They're paid like a fellow. They're through the house staff office of the university, and they they shadow us and learn from us, and that's happening right now. And in fact, our next, our second fellowship year begins in July, and there was tremendous competition for the two slots we had open. Mm-hmm. So we have two graduating residents who are stars in their in their departments right now. One of them is a chief resident who will be joining us for a year to do their fellowship in integrative medicine unheard of 10 years ago, right? Unthinkable, really. And it's this is all new. This is all something happening. There's a paradigm shift occurring right before our eyes, and it's just so exciting. And then beyond that, we've started in the last year and a half to really amp up our efforts to have continuing medical education events and other types of learning opportunities for people who are already out there in the field and want to learn more. So we now have college credit certificate programs, mostly online, given the pandemic, in mind-body medicine, which includes um, a deep understanding of psychophysiology, um, a whole course that actually certifies you in mindfulness, and then a course that does other advanced mind-body therapies, including the neuroemotional technique, which is something we're, we're, we've done a lot of research on. In our group, then we have a certificate in integrative nutrition, where we do the fundamentals of integrative nutrition, and then two really great advanced courses. So three of them are three. So the certificates are three three credit hour courses, and all of these CME events that link to those courses. We have another certificate we're about to launch in the fall, along with a master's degree in integrative health sciences all through Thomas Jefferson University, which was a very traditional medical school just a few years ago. And so we're really seeing this huge shift and it took a long time to get that level of endorsement at the level of leadership. So the endorsement from the president, from the dean and provost of the university, that took some doing, but it's through the bridge building and also through demonstrating the value of um, our model of care through clinical trials and everything else that we do. So we have numerous research clinical trials. We currently have about, you know, close to a dozen open right now. Some of our highlight publications over the last couple of years include, um, often include brain imaging and total body imaging. We have really tremendous imaging capabilities. We have an integrated PET, positron emission tomography, MRI scanner, so we can look at both anatomy and functionality. So when we're looking at a clinical intervention, whether it be a mind-body technique or a targeted nutrient, we can really see how the body responds through 
body and brain imaging. Uh, we've done that with Parkinson's disease and N-acetylcysteine. We've done that with advanced mind-body techniques with people who have traumatic stress with cancer patients. And that's one of the reasons actually in the last year, we wrote two books about this so that we could start saying, here's our integrative model of care. If you don't mind, I'll just promo the one, you know, uh, Tapestry of Health. We wrote this and it says Marcus Institute on the bottom of the book because this was really to talk about the care that we provide and the model that we're trying to put out there of integrative medicine and how our model can gel with the rest of medicine. So we actually have a few recorded lectures, if some of your listeners would like to listen to our lectures, um, where we talk about this model of care. We have a, you know, a website, tapestryofhealth.net, not .com, .net, so tapestryofhealth.net, where we have lectures related to the book, which is all, you know, rooted in our departmental and institute model. Wow, really interesting. Well, I will definitely go online and check that out. So another question then, when you say, you know, it's a really, we're reaching that pivotal moment of change. Uh, we have it in the educational system. We have it in so many different domains and also in the health system then. So let's talk a little bit about psychedelics sure. um, because a lot of people are talking about that. And um, I personally are very interested in it. Uh, my partner is a founder. He founds uh, some of the researchers at Imperial College in London um, in Davos, it was the topic, psychedelics, even Spiegel magazine, which is one of the big financial German magazines, had on the cover, um, instead of a coffee, have a microdosing. And uh, it's really, so it's really coming up that people really see it kind of like as something that could become a normality to treat um, post-traumatic stress, but also anxiety, depression, um, mental health problems, schizophrenia, and all of these other things. So uh, also the former Princess Aga Khan, Kalia, which I have met in Davos at the psychedelics event that she organized, uh, which I think was just absolutely mind-blowing um, to have her support as well there. Uh, what do you think about psychedelics in, well, in today's time? Where do you see the need for psychedelics to replace some of these more, you know, uh, harsh chemicals uh, for antidepressants, for example, and um, create a new therapeutical system to um, to create uh, a gap for psychedelics as well. Yeah, this is a really exciting time for uh, psychedelics uh, because there's a lot of emerging data that's that's very positive, and I'm I'm watching it closely. So in the United States, we only can use what gets approved, but um, we're also sending people to clinical trials on things that aren't yet approved, but they're in that process. Mm -hmm. So um, we, for example, have done some work with uh, ketamine and uh, ketamine uh, can be helpful for people who have unresolved chronic pain issues. Uh, our headache center often uses uh, ketamine for people who have chronic migraines. And then uh, people with post-traumatic stress also um, might benefit from ketamine as well. We just created a, a brain health program in our clinical offices at the Marcus Institute. And uh, one of the things, it, it, the, the, the program is actually for veterans who have been out there in the field and suffered a concussive injury. And there's a lot of them, by the way. This is a very common problem, more, than, more so than I realized. 
And sometimes there's post-traumatic stress associated with them. And so this is a treatment that we consider for some of those people as well. Now, not yet approved, but looking kind of exciting and positive is the whole MDMA world. And I feel like that is something that could really um, be an adjunct in psychiatric care. Uh, there's there's others as well, but that's the, the first one that comes to mind for me because I'm watching closely what some of my colleagues at Johns Hopkins and others are doing in their clinical trials. And I, I think that this is something that the molecule makes sense uh, for what the targeted action is. And I think that uh, early on, there was some promise with this molecule, but then it got caught up in recreational drugs. And then when that happened, the, uh, the uh, regulatory uh, bodies sort of clamped it down. And sometimes what happens is when things go into that illicit world, the pendulum overswings so that nobody gets to, to sort of research it or use it. Um, you know, we, we, we see this with several things and then we have to wait for the things to calm down so that the pendulum can settle back out in the middle and we can say, all right, let's take a look at this and let's see, you know, where, what the direction of this is. Uh, another one out there that, you know, I'm really interested and excited to see what the research is going to show is psilocybin. And I think that really all of them, because what's very clear is when we talk about, you know, where do we need things? Well, as you mentioned, there's a big hole when it comes to uh, psychiatric care, when people um, have chronic depression or um, other types of mood disorders, uh, difficulty relating to others, um, uh, other types of, of, of social mental health issues, the tools that um, the traditional conventional mind-body uh, you know, psychiatrists, psychologists have are, are, are limited. And not that they don't do any good, they do good for subgroups of people, but then there's big gaps of people who really need something else. And I think that this is what's exciting about this field and can't wait to see what uh, where the results take us. No, for sure. Me too. Well, I'm 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 uh, really grateful for your time. We have already passed our time because the oh. Zoom talks are very short. But as you mentioned before, we will meet again also for an Instagram live because I would definitely love to talk more about um, your new department and Great. really actually see how we could maybe also see to create a partnership with one institution, maybe here in Zurich, in Zurich as well, you know, of the birthplace of psychedelics, really, uh, of, of um, as you know, of LSD. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, interest here and also in London with Imperial College and so on. So I think there could be some really nice partnerships. So we will definitely keep talking. If you don't mind, Dr. Monty, I will keep pestering you about all of the wonderful things you're doing. And that would be terrific. Zurich <laughs> is near and dear to my heart. One of my best friends lives there. So I'd, I'd love the opportunity to uh, come start something there with you. Oh, well, that sounds fantastic. And my partner would be just so delighted to talk to you about the topic because it is it is such an important topic and it really it shows the difference it makes to people's lives just to give that alternative treatment option because not everyone wants to use the chemical and the the, the mechanical options you know there's so many other things which do so much good and um, you know and I think it's 
time to give credit where credit is due, specifically also when it comes to the well-being of our children. I personally do not want to put all of that stuff into my children's bodies. I really opt more for the alternative uh, area. And um, yeah, I think I think there's a lot still to be talking about. But as we're running out of time, I make sure that I put below the link also the links of your books and the lectures that you have mentioned. Um, I'm extremely grateful for your time again, Dr. Monty. Thank you oh, so thank much. Thank you. It was really a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And I look forward to our next one. Oh, there will be many more. I will write <laughs> an email straight after this. And so uh, to everyone, thank you so much for listening in. Uh, this was really a very timely topic. Um, it will be on Apple Podcasts, on all major podcast channels. Uh, please subscribe and share and rate to share the love because only by sharing will we will be able to reach a more wider audience with this really underestimated topic. Um, I think it's really there and uh, there's a lot happening specifically during times of pandemic and crisis. And um, I think we can do really a lot of good there around the world with new medical advances such as this one. And uh, thank you for your work. And thank you for not giving up when everyone was laughing at you, as you said, and when it was hard for you 15 years ago. So um, I'm grateful for that. And surely my children will be. So um, yeah, until we meet again, hello to, to um, Philadelphia and to your colleagues. And we will meet again very soon, Dr. Monty. Thank you thank so much. Thank you. Thanks for everything you do, Tessie. Thank you. Goodbye.